G'day, I'm Barry Green. Thanks for joining me on Conversations on Radio WA, 87.6 FM in East Perth and Western Tourist Radio in the southwest of Western Australia. This radio service exists to tell the stories of people and places in Western Australia. And my next guest I've met through a new organisation called COBWA, the Certified Organic and Biodynamic WA, created to represent the interests of organic certified organic producers in Western Australia and to, to I guess, spread the message of organic agriculture and uh, the, the benefits to the uh, people eating organic produce. I'm talking to Michael Vandergreen from the Organic Fine Food Company in Bridgetown. G'day, Mike. G'day, Barry. So it's been interesting uh, listening to you speak at the Cobwell meetings. Your background is you're a... Uh, trained as a, a veterinarian and you worked in the dairy industry in the United States and came to Western Australia with your West Australian wife and you're now growing organic produce here. And uh, I was fascinated to hear you make the observation at one of our meetings that uh, growing up in the States, most people you knew in agriculture seemed to be getting cancers in their 50s and you thought that was normal and you've come here and found it isn't. Now, expand on that. Yeah. My whole life has really been a journey, right? So I, I grew up in the northwest part of of Iowa. Sioux County is actually kind of from the city. It's The city is Orange City. A little little Dutch community, such my surname Vandegreen, it certainly has Dutch heritage. And it, it is a highly intensively farmed area. Um, if you fly over my neck of the woods and actually my whole state from over in an airplane, it looks like a uh, like a patchwork quilt. And that design lends itself to easily be in, intensively farmed. Um, where I grew up was just on a, uh, in an acreage, and basically the delineation of, of my property was a corn field one year, and then a soy, and then it was a soybean field the next year. And it was it was um, heavily tested in the early days of uh, of, of chemical sprays, and, and glyphosate certainly played a large role in the in the Roundup Ready. Soybean was basically in my neck of the woods was a was a was a huge testing piece and uh, I, I grew up in that, so that's where my journey started and I just I guess I would have thought that in uh, corn soybeans and uh, even in my state actually hay is considered an exotic crop. In l- looking back in some history, even in my state, we, at one point in time we were one of the you know number six in the in the in the United States for growing apples. This is back in the 40s and 50s. So we've certainly monocropped now because most of our feeds are grown for livestock. It was not uncommon in my community for maybe every other family when a certain person reached in their 50s, uh, someone is going to probably end up getting cancer. It's one of your big diseases that usually you get sick from. Uh, And growing up as a kid, I just remember thinking that that was fairly normal. I guess that's what happens when you get old, you get cancer. Um, And it wasn't until... You know, after vet school, we moved out to California. I was practicing there, and and it was just a different society, more of a grazier society. And so, as I've as I've moved and come now, eventually to Western Australia, which is definitely a grazier society, um, I've noticed that the same diseases didn't seem as predictable in old age, um, in the in my various movements across the world in my life. And uh, certainly, when I where I started, it was it was I don't have those numbers, but it's just been in listening to other speakers, like a, for instance Zach Bush, who who I who has who has spoken to actually John Kempf on on his podcast, was talking about they've done some research in that river, Mississippi and Missouri River valleys where a lot of the um, 
drainage happens and there's a concentration of chemicals um, in my neck of the woods. So we're all getting heavily exposed where I grew up to to chemicals, um, which is ultimately, I believe, affecting the microbiome of us. And and what's been really interesting, Barry, in this whole, like, like you and I have talked before in the COVID situation is that uh, America, I'm, I'm not certain where the average immunity of the, of the average American is. Um, so it's quite frightening for me. It is interesting. And, uh, you know, as a society, we've said research has got to be done by the corporations, but they're only going to do research into stuff they can sell farmers. And what I think is really exciting in this time in history, which the internet, which is a product of the best of American capitalism, you'd have to say, mm. is providing a free exchange of ideas and information. And the names you mentioned and others like Gabe Brown and within Australia, Charlie Massey, um, New Zealand, Nicole Masters, there's a whole body of people, scientists and farmers are doing their own research and using the internet to share this information and uh, I see very much that the science of organic or regenerative agriculture is a, a community asset akin to open source software and uh, and it's producing better food with less nasty inputs and actually less ex- less expense to farmers. Yeah absolutely and I guess being a veterinary going through veterinary science it's always about the analytics of it. And if we can get to the point where we can get a marketable nutrient density program in our food as a marker and producers can get paid for the better food that they're making, and if we can get that to the consumer, they'll pay for it. In fact, soon they're going to have handheld devices where they can measure it themselves. So if we can get to that point, um, a lot of the hard work is going to be done because it's going to go back into the hand of the consumer and they're going to be able to tell us what they want. Because I, I, once again, I... I don't want to. I never want to kibash farmers. Farmers are. I. I believe most farmers are good people that want to do what's right by their land because they live on it and they understand it, and they want to be good to the people that they feed. It's just hard when a market economy is driving you to do something a certain way, and they're not going to pay you unless you do it a certain way. It's hard to step out of that. There's not always a, people can't see a light at the end of the tunnel. Particularly found Australia to be a community that's open to organics. Uh, open to regenerative organic farming, where we're actually increasing carbon in the soil, we're increasing the health of the soil, we're we're celebrating uh, an agriculture of life instead of, you know, killing certain things that don't fit. Um, we just had a walk out in your paddocks now, and it was just, it's really good, isn't it, to just look at the different and talk about the various aspects of what those plants that most people would call, oh, that's just a weed. Well, is it? And we just need to really think about how diversity and, and spreading life is such a better way to look at life than segmentally or, or, you know, grabbing certain parts of it and saying that doesn't work. I think you're right. So we've been driven by what they call a reductionist science where we try to take things out and figure out what's not working. But the 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 key message Charlie Massey talks about in Call of the Reed Warbler, A New Agriculture, A New Earth, it's all, all about creating diverse self-organising ecosystems and um, you know the problem we have in Australia, the the, the two supermarkets of the, the focus has been price and down on price. Of course, price is important, mm. but we're not measuring the quality, real quality. You know, quality is measured on the basis of straight carrots or something, which has you know, got nothing to do with the, the, the eating quality, and uh, and the nutritional quality and the nutritional density. And it's tended to be that organic farming has been dismissed as a loony left, but I was really encouraged at the fact that you're saying, you know, you're from a scientific technical background, and there we can scientifically analyse uh, the food, and 
when we do that, we can discover that the expensive foods are actually cheaper. It's all coming. When I first came to Western Australia, I went around to various um, certification bodies and groups, and some said things that where you have to have this certain belief or that belief or this type of energy or that energy. And part of me said, well, what does that mean? Can you explain that a little more clearly? And some could, and some said they, and some couldn't maybe. And I think that was hard. But as you as you go across, I don't really honestly, whatever certification body that or somebody grows organically or biodynamically or however they're doing, the same principles are all happening. However, they want to name it or call it, whatever your certifier is. There's the same principles about soil diversity in life is bringing, and then how advanced that you're along in that in that cycle of getting to a point where you're supporting whatever goes in seeds that seed and what grows into it. So, and we can there's various ways we can measure that, right? And John Kemp actually, I'll put a plug in for him too. Is you know a lot of his uh, analysis and labs. And there's there's uh, many growers that are, are are following that podcast and are are learning heaps. I know I've learned so much from that podcast from the various people that have been interviewed on there and it's really an international sampling of people that speak so i i it doesn't just apply i always hear here it seems like in australia west australians say well they don't understand west australian soils well i guess that's that might be true that we have different soils but it can be done here you can go to examples and you can find places where the same things have been done in you know in different parts of the world and they can be done here as well um it's just an intent it's an intentional system that gets applied and, uh, and, and, and life just takes over. And uh, I just put a plug in. I, with my kids, we watched a movie called the, the, the Biggest Little Farm. And I just think that that farm puts, if, I, if, that could, if people could watch that movie, and I, I, I imagine it gives some support to, to the people that made it. I forget their names now. But the, the movie does such a great job of showing the buildup. And it's a, it's a decade's worth of their life. That, and he happens to be a, a, a film gentleman. He's in film. And and it's just done with such professionalism, and it's just, uh, I think people, when they watch that, will really identify, and I think it will in- incite the consumer and the producer. I found it just exciting, and, uh, and, uh, and to know that we so often focus on money, but it's, it's, the, uh, it's the idea of, of doing something greater and giving back to, to, and being part of something that's bigger than you are, because we're all going to be eaten by plants someday, but uh, there's a, somewhere between... Being born and being eaten by a plant is a story, right? <laughs> and we hope that it's a good one. I love that idea. I think stories are so important, and uh, Tourist Radio is a storytelling medium. Stories are really important. There's growing awareness of looking to Indigenous cultures. Their cultures being passed down through storytelling. I'm talking to Michael van der from the Organic Fine Food Company in Bridgetown, Mike's also on the committee of Cobworth Certified Organic Biodynamic WA, an organisation created to spread the word of organic produce and uh, connect uh, eaters with uh, producers. So this conversation is being recorded in August uh, 2020. Mike, tell us your experience of uh, the effect of COVID-19 on the Organic Fine Food Company. It's really increased people's need to source local food and to and to find us out and food that they can trust. Certainly, there are people that have connected food with with supporting their immune system and their immune health. That's definitely been there. You know, direct marketing your food is not without its uh, work. It can be a bit scary for producers because they're like, "How am I going to leave the farm and all my weekends are gone?" and and 
I think that is there is some truth to that fear. But at the same token, I think as we move forward, and what COVID has shown us, I think, is that people are interested. We can get collaborations and we can get some organizations put together where we can, you know, get our foods brought to consumers together. And there's models for this that, that I think will, will be effective. I'm sure you're right. And uh, Western Tourist Radio, obviously, it's a tourist radio format. I think tourism has a big place to play in this in, the, what do we say, remaking the connection between farmers and eaters. Uh, any stable system needs a feedback loop, and the supermarkets have done a pretty good job of breaking that feedback loop, which has made the food system arguably somewhat unstable. Uh, Western Tourist Radio also operates a website, harvesthighway.com.au, which is created to uh, promote tourism and producers along the southwestern highways and byways. And uh, I just sort of think now's the time, well, um, West Australian tourism is exclusively West Australian, to use this window of opportunity to connect the 2.5 million people in Perth with uh, producers in regional Western Australia. The big thing is we, as producers, we just need to be talking to the consumers and the people that are eating our food, they, they need they need to be able to ask us a, a question, and sometimes that's an answer that that is is difficult. But if someone's eating your food, they have that right to ask you a question about it, and that's the, and that's where we start to build community. Because if I really believe that my food is medicine, and if I believe that my food is 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 making you healthy, then I sure would be willing to hear some feedback about that. We have a responsibility there, and and I think as a consumer, you have a responsibility to give negative feedback and positive feedback as well because I think that that builds our relationship and 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 if we're contributing to your family and your family's health whether that's whether that's just you or or that's several members that's an important conversation and my wife and I both take that very seriously with our kids and we take it seriously for other people's kids as well. I guess uh, organic agriculture hasn't always had good press in certain quarters and and some of it has appeared a bit wishy-washy but um you're from a scientific background, Mike, a veterinarian. You've worked in commercial situations. Yes. Um, and as you're saying yourself, your, your thinking has come around in the last 10 years. Do you want to talk a bit about that? It's funny. You know, if I would have met myself uh, yeah, 10 years ago, not even like six or seven years ago, shortly before coming here, now I would have thought I was, I use the word wackadoo, crazy, in other words. And, uh, you know, it's... Um, Life is like that. You, if you have an open mind and you keep learning, and you're open to things, um, you'll learn your whole lifetime. And when you remove yourself out of the out of the out of the everyday situation, which I did, I left my 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 little country town in the middle part of the U.S., moved off to the you know the wild and crazy state of California, you know, as a veteran, and I've come overseas. So maybe it's easy because I don't really. I, I'm a, sort of a fish out of out of out of out of my local lake, I guess. So I'm I'm going to be learning because I have to learn. I have to learn the culture here in Australia because it is you know we all speak English, but there is different cultures, like the nickname thing we were talking about, right? Everybody's got a nickname that I never catch on to. But anyway, even the jokes, right? But uh, that's maybe uh, uh, we usually have a good laugh at me, which is fair enough. I would be doing the same if we were in my country. But anyway, um, no, WA is well and truly my home. But um, it, there is a there is a learning curve, and that's what I think. I I really enjoy meeting farmers that aren't organic. Um, because I think my heart goes out to those guys and gals that I would be exactly in their shoes, just with high skepticism and wondering, how am I going to make this pay the bills? How am I going to, you know, um, we got to remember that too. I mean, there's a lot of pressure to pay the bills. 
in, in, in becoming organic and, and finding ways to pay the bills, there's, there is uh, lots of times when you don't or it's, it's tough. But it's in those hard times and times when you struggle when you're allowed to learn and you're allowed to expand your mind and opportunities to come in that. And, you know, boy, when, when, when you're sailing on a, on a yacht and into a nice, warm, sunshiny day, you just you, you don't need to innovate, you know, and you don't need to think much. But when life is difficult and you have to make something work, that's when our, our minds can often be at their best and we can come up with solutions to problems. And, uh, and so... And because my journey is different than somebody else's journey, that doesn't mean that I'm better than them. It just means that I have a different journey. And but if if in a communication with somebody there or in a discussion, um, we can we can share our experiences. I can always learn from somebody, and somebody can probably learn from hopefully from me. But I know I always learn from every conversation I have with people, and I I think that that is that really makes life rich. And 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 if and if farming can be like that too. Um, if we don't have to be enemies or in camps, I'm in this camp and that camp, but we can learn from each other for the, for, for the, for the embetterment of, you know, what is actually happening, what is truth, because there is, you know, there is truth in soil. There's something that's going on there. If we can help each other understand things better, then I think that's, uh, we all win. And then we actually get along and we, uh, we, 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 our lives are enriched by all those, by those, by those, by those communications and by, by those relationships. That's fantastic, Mike. And I think conversations are really important. And uh, there's no point in talking to people you agree with all the time. No. It's only by talking to people you disagree with. Because even people you disagree with have a reason to believe what they believe. And it's only by understanding that that we can sort of find the middle ground. Because this isn't a war. It's about finding win-win situations. Absolutely. Um, you know... You're, you're talking to the American right now when my, my home, you know, there's lots of turbulation going on in my home country right now. And I just shake my head because it's just, it's, it, it, it seems almost coerced. Um, and, and I always am somewhat befuddled by how the news reaches our, our Australian ears, but what's actually going on, it seems to be different than what is being presented to us. And, and um, you know, turbulence happens. Um, but I know there's good stories coming out of, of, out of what we hear about, um, in, in the U S as well. And, uh, and people are, you know, are asking questions and, and becoming friends. I'm certain to myself, I mean, if we just talk about just, you know, I had plenty of African American friends that would be sitting here, like I'm sitting here with you, Barry, and we'd be talking and laughing and sharing a good time. And we didn't talk about our skin color because we didn't need to. It wasn't, wasn't the point of the, of the, it was about the friendship that we shared and the discussion that we were talking about at the time. And, and if we get to that point where we, where we can see each other that way as, as fellow men and as fellow men and women, that's where, we, where, that's where we have to be. And, that, and that, it, it crosses everything, what we do. And that's why I heard someone say the other day, you know, when you say, I know, um, you're, you're creating an enemy, you know. Um, I don't know everything. I certainly have lots to more learn, more to learn in life. But um, I, I like I said, and some there's something to learn from everybody, regardless of where. Even someone who thinks, uh, even I've had conversations with homeless people in the streets, and I've learned something that has put value to my. I thought I was going to do something good for this person that just they literally had not even a, a, a coin, and. Uh, I walked away feeling, man, that was a that was a blessing of my life that that person shared with me their life, and that's a really interesting way to walk through life. 
Very interesting, Mike. And, you know, we talk about situation in America at the moment, but the, the names that you, we've both mentioned of people doing innovation in agriculture, there's Americans, Australians, New Zealanders, Joel Salatin's another one, uh, Dr. Sina McCulloch. And the internet is connecting us. I've done, I did a, a video interview with Dr. Sina McCulloch. She's in America. I'm sitting in my office in Donnybrook, all made possible by the internet which is the best of American capitalism. So in questioning the way some of industrial agriculture has gone, it's not questioning the fundamentals of, of American capitalism. No, it's not. I mean, it, it's got all... I mean, there's a lot of people there too, right? There's extreme... One side is extreme, the other side. There's there's some good things, there's some bad things. Um, there's, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of great thoughts have come out of there. I, I, I know the way I think has been formed by where I come from. Um, and I'm really excited to now be hearing the Australian side and, and adding that to my, to my own gray matter as far as how I see the world because it's, uh, it's important. And I, I think the relationship that we have as two countries too is fantastic. And I think that, that that communication, I think that sharing of ideas, I hope that that, we, that will only in, become more enrich and I think we'll see a trading of ideas in the future it'll change people's lives well, it's been fantastic talking to you Michael and uh, I look forward to further conversations and uh, as uh, the new food revolution unfolds excellent Barry thanks a lot for having me I've been talking to Mike Vandegrin from the organic fine food company in Bridgetown Mike's also on the committee of COBWA certified organic and biodynamic WA To listen to this conversation online and conversations with other innovators in Western Australia, visit touristradio.com.au forward slash conversations as we tell the stories of people and places in Western Australia.